Nerds International proudly presents... So, listeners, I've been ill for the last week, and then last night I felt better, and I decided to ruin it all by going out drinking. So if I feel... If I sound... See, I'm already fucking up. If I sound like like terrible, then you know why. So apologies for that. Yeah, I'm just rough. It. This is the rough pod. Welcome to the 3T RPG podcast. My name is Harrison Hunt and with me is Nick Lamley. Hello. <laughs> Today we are doing a good podcast, hopefully. Do a good pod. First of all, we got the feedback side. We got what you're saying where we talk about what we've been playing and the main subject is going to be wise guys. Ooh. Ooh. And then we've got Jim Bim Salabim, oh. followed by the name game, and then we've got Electro Letters. Yeah. So if you want features, we got them, baby. If you want creatures, we ain't got them. We haven't, but we're working on it. <laughs> Sorry. We're, tr- we're trying to get one, yeah. just a little one. <laughs> All right, let's get, on. let's get on with some feedback. The feedback side. The feedback side. Yes, bitch, the feedback side. It's the feedback section. Yeah, we take your comments and read them out. Yeah, feedback, bitch. So the first bit of feedback, I actually can't remember who it came in from. I was desperately trying to search for it, and I know I saw it. Um, but I, I think they might have deleted their comment. But they said Monty Hall, because I was talking about last time what a Monty Hall GM is and what that means in a game. And I thought he was like an old designer of D&D, because I've heard the name so much yeah, around yeah, yeah, old yeah, D&D. Yeah. It's, he's not. He's a game show host That's of right. Let's Make a Deal. Um, an American game show, not a game designer. So no, not because I think he, I think on that show I've never seen the show, but I think you get like a big load of shit. Yeah, and people used to dress up for it and everything. Apparently, right. So that well, there you go. So that that's why I Monty guess, Hall. That's why that means that. Yeah, <coughs> but that is it for feedback. Um, it was just me getting something massively wrong. But as I always say, don't you ever correct us because we know we're wrong all the time. We, exactly. We just like we don't, doing it. You just rub it in, and it makes me sad. It's not a fact pod. Exactly. Oh God, we should be called the the wrong podcast. Oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> Jesus! All right, we're gonna get on with some what you've been slaying. Yeah. Yeah. What you slaying? Right. So first up, let's talk about our ongoing D and D game. Let's. So we're playing a game where the uh, heroes have come into possession of a disused old zoo and have to populate it with monsters. Mm. And so far, it's going pretty well. It it's basically like a, we're doing like a TV show kind of sitcom type format where um, each episode is like a self-contained thing regarding uh, each monster. And so far, they've done an owl bear. Oh yeah, a zombie bear. I think we might have spoke about that in the last episode. Yeah. But uh, so you've got an owl bear, a zombie bear. A kobold boss and two kobolds, which they turned into a dancing show. Production, yeah, that's right. And in the last episode, they were going after a skeleton, and the episode title was Bones Malone and the Spooky Boys. <laughs> and we managed to get Bones Malone and, and two a couple of spooky boys. Two spooky boys. <laughs> so essentially, yeah, the plot of this particular episode was that they, the, the guys already know this gangster called Tommy Morosa. Yeah. And the gangster came to them asking them for help. And in Baldur's Gate, these new gangsters have started turning up. And they're like, 
they're, they're a gang of skeletons yeah. with Tommy crossbows. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Tommy crossbows. And uh, yeah, essentially these guys had to find out where they were operating from. And in, in order to do that, they had to do a quest for this this woman who owned a, a pub by the docks. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, my food here is shit and nobody's, nobody's buying it because this new guy's opened up a shop down the road called Gabe's Fine Foods. Gabe's Fine Foods. And they had to go and rob it, but they found out that Gabe was one of the nicest people it, in ever the world. known. Yeah, <laughs> Honest Gabe was lit. He was like, well, guys, you know, if you're going to rob me, then that's down to you, but, you know. <laughs> and we were just like, why? And they were like, listen, I won't hold a grudge against you if you have to rob Tear me. Tear in his eye. Like, uh, it, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah. It, was ter- it was excruciating. And like, um, Sean, who often plays a quite a good character, he was having a really tough time. I liked it he? when his character angrily said, "Does your kindness know no, no bounds?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they, they, it was like I just set up this dilemma. Is that like one of the funniest things in the planet? Because all it was is they're scoping out the the place during the day, and then uh, one of them decides to go in to see what security's like on the inside, and then they met him, and he was just so nice and. The, I can't remember how it came up, but they were talking, and the guy was like, well, between this and my charity work, and everyone was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you sit down and warm up with a nice coffee, cinnamon coffee? And it's just like, oh, my God. this is So in the end, we ended up buying the stuff from him. Yeah, and, and hiring employing him. him. I don't think he wanted to uh, change career or be relocated, but after well, a tough negotiation. <laughs> yeah, because Baldur's Gate is such a horrible place. Run he, by a demon. Run by a demon. So he, he essentially wanted to... He wanted to put a little drop of light Sunshine in that darkness. In there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. And that's why he opened that bakery. But uh, these guys kind of shut him down and have relocated him to the to zoo. zoo. Yeah. So now you've got a lovely food establishment there. Yeah. And with that done, the woman at the pub could give you guys the location of, of where Bones she knows Malone. of Bones Malone. Yeah. And it was this old gambling place called the Crooked Dagger. And the guys went up there and see him gambling in this private den. And what the plan that you guys came up with was brilliant. Because Nick basically said, right, I'll go out, out the front, I'll take the wagon round, and you just push him out the window. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> and then we'll drive off. <laughs> but the trouble is, is that, well, Nick's plan was to pretend to be his worst enemy, Tommy, Tommy Morosa, and it. say, oh, God, Tommy Morosa's out here. Oh, yeah, because yeah, the here. other the rest of the party were, like, looking out the window going, oh, my God, is that Tommy Morosa? And then you just hear someone going, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's me. And it was Nick's character. <laughs> yeah, what happened, though? Because... Uh, I think big boss type gangsters they delegate they don't put themselves in danger yeah so, so what did he do he sent he sent two of the spooky boys his underlings yep, yep that's it and the they window. come running over to the window instead of Bones Malone himself but and, what happened yeah. was the in the gambling den it was pretty cool because you had a fight going on upstairs between Bones Malone <laughs> and his minions and they were trying to you know knock him out and uh, then down below Nick the one of the people they pushed out the window you were fighting him downstairs he was on top of the wagon trying to shoot through it while Nick was ha- like whacking him upwards yeah, with, my, with, with my hand axe yeah, <laughs> it was really cool. But yeah, what happened was in the end, Sean Sean's character he flipped a table over, and uh, uh, it sort of crushes Bones Malone, yeah. and then fucking. Norman Fiend, one of the characters, he blasted with an Eldritch Blast, and I shit you not, but Bones Malone was on one HP, and then he was just like, "All right, guys, I'll come with you, but I will tear out your innards one day. One day, I'm he's not like, gonna forget this." He's like this really aggressive skeleton, so they put him in the 18 and over area. Yeah, in the zoo. so we're making an area of the zoo. So, so we got some customer feedback, didn't we? We did a bit of market research, and uh, it came back that some of the uh, 
What was it that was really... Oh, the, the, the reanimated zombie bear was a bit too scary for children. Yes. So we're going to make an over-18s uh, exhibit area. Which currently there's only the bear and these, like, really angry skeletons <laughs> yeah, in striped suits. That are swearing revenge anyone that goes near them. Yeah, <laughs> you better keep these this cage tight, boys. Or I'm going to eat you. <laughs> and I'm going to eat your mother, too. Yeah. Well, th- that whole, um, uh, that whole, whole adventure was inspired by a single image. And it was a meme. Because, I don't know, where this fucking image Spooktober, came from Spooktober I reckon probably so you know when Reddit explodes with um, spooky memes on the run up to Halloween it's I think gotta be isn't it it has to be Surely. yeah and all it is is like three ga- like skeletons in pinstripe suits with Tommy guns yeah. bursting through a door and like the onlookers are like ah with like holding their hands up in the air and uh, it's a really funny image but somebody captioned it and just said Bones Malone and the spooky boys and then in like air quotes rattle em boys rattle em boys that was his that was his line wasn't it it was so good rattle em boys and he kept yeah kept on saying that but yeah it was I a- liked it when he was laughing when we was when, 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 when we was like um, kind of trying to scope out the game. Well, t- we tried to gamble, didn't we? We went upstairs and, and sat at a table and got, got absolutely spanked instantly. But yep. when we was checking him out, he was killing me because you know when he was just taking the piss out of everybody and laughing, it was just his jawbone rattling like <laughs> with like a cigar hanging well, out the side. It was also like from that meme, you know, the one um, I just want to blow up and then act like I don't know nobody. <laughs> and he does nobody. that skeleton laugh. Skeleton <laughs> 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 laugh. Man, I'm enjoying the D&D game a lot, man. It's, it's fun as hell. Because it's, it's just the, the monster collecting thing is quite fun because you have to think about think cleverly in how you're going to damage the oh enemies. every time it's not you you know because like the whole premise of D&D is you know big adventure big characters right powerful battles yeah. all this kind of stuff which is great but when you've constantly got this kind of niggling fault at the back of your head that's reminding you these need to come alive so it's not a case of killing them you know with all your best moves it's a case of trying to get them down to one you know zero HP and then actually capture them and transport them back to the fucking exactly. zoo exactly and the thing makes is, it a lot so more trickier if you want to go for a knockout blow you yep. can hit them with the side of your sword but it does half damage yeah yeah and so but the the way to knock someone out in dnt is the blow that goes that, that takes them over the threshold of zero hp yep. has to be a knockout blow not not lethal not damage. lethal so you have to declare it prior yeah. so the thing is is like what the guys are doing at the moment is doing a few real hits at the beginning to try and take a bit off that's and it then, and then going right i'm hitting them with the side of my axe or the yeah. handle or whatever getting the bag out whatever <laughs> yeah 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 like like yeah. Cause in one of the episodes they put a cobalt into a bag mm-hmm. and then obviously forgot to take his knife away he was still alive he was on just like not two hp he just cut through the bag and jumped out again <laughs> and then we got him back in the bag but then because of the hole we end, he ends up wearing a bag anyway yeah exactly it's a weird it's a weird campaign <laughs> So but what I like about it is it's like you know it's our first it's our first kind of as a this group, current group mm. in playing D and D. But what you've done is you've put a cool twist on it where it's not just your standard D and D high adventure game. It's got this kind of you know office feel to it, and then you've got this kind of extra thing where you know you you recruit in. You've got business plans going on. You're trying to capture big monsters and not kill them. It's fantastic. It's well, a great I think, game. I think hopefully it plays to the strengths of D and D because, like I said, the monsters are fucking cool. Oh, the adventuring still feels totally like adventuring. Yeah, it really does. The thing is, is about D and D as well is it often separates uh, adventures and downtime. Mm, and the thing yeah, about yeah. downtime and uh, and running a business is they go hand in hand. Yep. So a lot of times when these guys get back to town. Not all of them, but like most of them, we like right. I want to do this to help out. Yeah, I want yeah, to do yeah. That. You know, like doing the market research, or somebody was making flyers one time, and you brewed a beer to try. And That's right. Yeah, brewed up some beer to get to, to drum up kind of business. I I went out and because uh, we still got no staff. The problem is we've got we've got um you know we've, the attractions are building up, which is fantastic. But we've not. Done, oh no, we've we shored up the cages so they're a little bit more secure now. Yeah. But we literally have one. Well, we have the head of HR. 
because there is no one else. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's the only staff we've got. Oh, and, good, and honest Gabe, obviously. Yeah, yeah. so this was the thing they were talking about last time about recruiting new staff like accountants. Because no one's like tearing this. the shit up either. It's, it's like a, it's a mess in there. <laughs> it's a mess, mate. Yeah. yeah. But it's so, fun. It's really good fun. Yeah, it is awesome. I'm mm-hmm. enjoying the hell out mm. of it. But yeah, um, that's D&D. Yeah. Um, a couple of things I wanted to talk about as well, some like products that I've got recently. Savage Tokusatsu. Oh, I, think, yeah, I think you've came. seen this already. It came. So, for those not in the know, Tokusatsu was like, you know, giant monsters in rubber suits like Godzilla and Power, Power Rangers. Rangers. That's um, it. Yeah. Yeah. Things like this. What was that great game you used to play when it was the two, uh, you'd, you'd be creatures beating each other up in a city? Oh, it was so good. It was on the SNES. King of Monsters. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. a great game. I loved that. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. And so it's kind of that genre. And I tell you what, when I, I I got like the beta version of this before there was any artwork, right? And I thought, man, this sounds good. You can like get a mech and you can all form together to make a big one like fucking Voltron. Yeah. You can fight giant monsters. You can like make custom weapons. So it, they're all like trademark weapons to each character. It sounds amazing. But you look at the artwork and the presentation and it's such a turn off. I know that's really shallow. It's just a bit cutesy, isn't it? It's it's it looks like fucking Steven's universe, man. Yeah, it's yeah. it's awful. <laughs> it, I, I mean, and also at the same time, I got I recently got Robotech for Savage Worlds, oh, and the yeah. artwork is so faithful to the fucking genre. Right, they should have done it. You know, this Tokusansu thing in an anime style. Yeah, it's, the it's rules. A... The rules look amazing, but the the artwork is is. It's so I can't bad. really define the artwork. Yeah, I know what you mean. It, it looks like a modern kids' cartoon. It's very colourful and nothing's too scary. You looking. know what might have been cool? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nothing's like, really scary looking. It's all quite kind of um, cartoony, but in a. It's, it's not even a Dragon Ball Z esque, really. It's, it's well, then there's past one enemy really. in there. There's one enemy in there that's the size of a city, and you you just can't tell. It's like it's. <laughs> oh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But functionally, it's it's pretty bad. So, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's it's really put me off. And the fact that I had to wait a year and a half for it as well. Like my hype for the game is completely oh, dead. Mate. Yeah, like, no. It's... For like you know, ninety eight pages. Yeah. What are they up to? I know. I, I know. Say. Well, I've got good news. Go on. I uh, I secured my fucking uh, Savage Worlds box set. Oh my god, it's salty! I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud, and I'd it's like on to its way. and I would like to say a massive thank you to Pinnacle. They were very understanding, and um, uh, yeah, were fantastic. Yeah, so it's, they could have just told you to do one to so fuck off, basically. Good for them. Yeah, and I, and to be fair, there was a couple of times when I missed my appointment because um, I was late from work and I felt like a right dick. But yeah, so thank you very much, Pinnacle. You've been fantastic, and uh, yeah, it's on the way now. It's all paid for, and I'm waiting for me Kickstarter. Very good. That's that's gonna that's gonna be awesome. Maybe yeah. we should re-review it when it comes. <laughs> Next version. Yeah. It's very I'll, similar. I'll say that till I open the box up. It just has a big turd in it, and it's like thanks for the fuck around. Nick. Yeah, yeah. It's thanks like, for wasting my time. Shit, sorry, but no, so, yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. We one of the one of the things we purchased recently as well uh, was the old dice tower. Oh my god! And I have to say, like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Series, series, having a go. She was she getting involved she for? In. What's she getting involved so, for? So yeah, the, we bought a dice tower. I will include a link in the uh, show notes because you this... might have seen some of the pictures of it because it's been in the background of some of our photos we've been putting on Absolutely. recently. And I tell you what, it is it's such a nice thing to have at a table. It's brilliant. I know it's dumb, but like, yeah, it was sixteen pounds from this woman who three D prints them, and it's so much fun, especially because the like when you put it in there, it makes a really pleasing sound. Oh, yeah. People on the other side of the table keep on trying to chuck them because they from can't distance reach, and they bounce off the edge. My oh, brother did it mate. maybe maybe like five times in the last game, didn't land a single one. <laughs> so yeah, and, but they, they, I really really enjoy using it. It's, it's so much fun. It's so funny because yeah, I saw pictures of them, and obviously, ugh, generally 
Dice Towers are on the a little bit on the expensive mm-hmm. side um, for, for what I thought they were until I've actually got my hands on one. I'll tell you what, it's fantastic. It's a really, really fun tool and it just makes, just it just, it just I don't know, you don't realise you need one until you get one and <laughs> yeah. then you're like, well, how have I not lived without this? Because it makes the action of rolling just fun again. Yeah, dice but trays are nice. We have a rule though, um, if it lands on the roof, because we got one of those little castle type dice towers. That's if it, it lands yeah. on the roof and it doesn't go down the stairs, it doesn't count. No. And a couple of times people have got like, they've put it on the roof and it's like 20 and I'm like no it's on the sorry, roof sorry dude put it down the stairs it goes down the stairs and it comes out the other end one oh, oh well sorry that's <laughs> oh, well. how it goes or other times we've had it which has been quite weird about three times it's been like um, it's been a a, 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 um, a bad roll so it's landed on the top of the tower and it's like I don't know 14 put it down the tower and it's rolled back out as a 14 again it's like what yeah, the it's just stayed, stayed it upright. knew it floated down it's um, it's brilliant and it can fit we, well god yeah we, we put it through its paces when we first got it seeing how many dice we could get through it and oh, yeah, uh, you can get that. a D2 down there the book one um, you can get most most sizes up to the. I think the hit D- marker dice goes down there. You're an yeah. oversized hit marker. D twenty four foot, but D thirty won't. No. And uh, yeah, James. It was really funny because uh, James, one of our players, he put a um, a D twenty four down and it got stuck halfway down, and the panic on his face because he, he, he was suddenly faced with the fact that he might have to spend the night fishing it out of there. And uh, yeah, he gave it a shake and it went down there. But it was he, fine. He, his eyes went wide. He was like, Oh, oh no. my god, I broke it. We are talking about. Uh, we was talking about actually getting a little bit of card to put around the back of it so you can go for the swish oh yeah yeah like a, like a basketball <laughs> bounce thing. off the bat board yeah <laughs> but no um, for the for the price especially and you know it's really nice 3D plastic rendered really cool uh, get yourself one yeah brilliant 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 um, to this lady's yeah, shop in the uh, description because she yeah she sells a bunch of this type of stuff and it's mm. 16 pounds and they're pretty fucking cool yeah for well, for the price that's fantastic yeah and I was going to talk about briefly about Citadel contrast paints ooh yeah we don't really talk about crafting on this we should do a pod, pod. about that yeah maybe we'll do an episode about painting but um yeah there, a lot of people there's controversy around it because it's like it makes the act of painting a lot easier and all these guys that have been doing it for years and years you know they they have put all this effort in suddenly there's an easy way out well i get that but but for i mean my biggest my biggest disappointment in games workshop world when i was a kid was like i was absolutely bowled over by the detail of these miniatures and stuff and i thought they're absolutely fantastic you see them painted professionally they look absolutely amazing and you go in there when you're a kid and you're like can I get the painted ones because I'm not very good at that and they're like no but you can come to our paint classes if you like and mm-hmm. then you don't you go there and like I don't know stinks of BO stinks of BO they, they, they're like look at this idiot you can't even do an undercoat and you and it completely turned me off and then I went away and I never painted another mini and I was devastated because I would have loved them and able to paint them okay just well, to exactly. be able to use That's them the thing. it never quite turns out <laughs> like Good. Well, it's not <laughs> it's like the one shot. Yeah, exactly. But the, yeah, the guy in our local shop basically he showed me a bunch of pe- uh, minis that he painted just with contrast paint. Mm. They're fucking awesome. Mm. So I got a couple of pots, and it, it really it, obviously it's not going to be as high quality as like somebody's professional but if you're not looking for that yeah if you just want a pretty good fucking paint job it does it and it does it so easily so easily but as the well thing, the only yep. thing is it take it takes on a bit of the base coat color with it mm. so ideally you want to put like a gray or a white base coat on it and then use that so but if you let's say for example if you do blue and then you put brown on top of it you're mm. gonna have a bluey brown yeah, yeah but um i painted it's like a wash isn't it or something it is like a wash and yeah. that the, the um skeleton owlbear that i did uh, that was entirely using contrast paint and oh really yeah it was that looks really that's a really good job and the skeletons that you did in like you did like five in an hour or whatever yeah and exactly do you know what because they were if i remember right they weren't they just like white before yeah they were white um yes yeah. it, it was this color that's and, right yeah and look at the difference for a quick you know i mean basically what we're saying is you know pros stick to what you're good at you know, and we appreciate the work you put in, and it's fantastic. But if you can get a bit of paint that makes us amateurs, us lowly non-paintable people, 
a little bit better and make their minis look a bit greater. Exactly. Then why not? Exactly. And it, it'll get. It, the cool thing is they're a little bit more expensive, but the thing is when you get them home, you won't have that feeling of, oh, shit, I can't actually paint. You might go, wow, this looks pretty good considering. Or you do like I do. I've just blew 30 quid on paints and I still can't paint. <laughs> that's <laughs> like a nightmare. That's the problem is, is the is the cost, I guess. But that's it. Citadel contrast paints. I would, I would say pick them up. Yeah. They're, I'm they're pretty fucking awesome. again now. I'm not going to start because... I was always I always thought you could only buy like you know the the lead minis that need glue in. They cost a fortune. There's a yeah. lot of assembling that comes with it. Whereas you've been getting a lot of these plastic D and D board game ones, and they're spot on and so much cheaper. And Reaper ones as well. Like, Reaper you ones, can yeah. Find them super cheap on eBay. That that EB EB um, that Albert one that was. Uh, three pounds wow, I think yeah. and that was with postage I was like fucking that's hell, hell that's what I need to get I'm going to buy I'm going to start building up a collection of cool minis now that's my next yeah. thing I want to get into just just buy some board games man it's, yeah, it's the best no, way no I will do perfect but let's do a main subject oh yeah we? I forgot about that that's what this podcast is about isn't it yeah. <laughs> sorry Eric <laughs> right we're going to review wise guys let's really? do it main subject magic main subject Tokyo main subject it's the mid-90s. The bosses from the five families, as well as the Chicago outfit, are behind bars. The commission has gone silent. Rooted and leaderless, the godfathers have lost their grip on Las Vegas. A new breed of dons has risen from the ashes of a lost war against the Justice Department to rule over Las Vegas. These self-proclaimed bosses work to reclaim what's been lost to the other crime syndicates and corporations that now own the city. And that is, that's wise guys, ladies and gentlemen. This this game is incredible. Yeah. Um, it's it's a new setting for Savage Worlds, where the, the uh, physical edition has just come out. And it's probably like, I would say, even though it's a third-party product, the flagship setting for Savage Worlds Adventure Edition. Mm-hmm. And how, how did they do it? Well, let's, let's, let's dive in and find out because this game is well worth a look at. Oh, yeah. Just before we do, a couple of caveats to this, uh, this review that we're about to do. We are mates with the writer. <laughs> um, and we did playtest it. And yeah. also we worked on a supplement for the game. So it's a completely impartial, unbiased... Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just bear that in mind. But um, realistically... If we if there is something in the book that we don't like, we are gonna say it. Yeah, um, but we might get a little bit gushy. Yes, but truth be truth be told, we'll try and keep it honest because it's fucking great. Anyway. Yeah, it, it, it is great enough. So, but, and the thing is, yeah, if, if there's something we don't like in there, we're, we're gonna say. Yeah. So just bear that in mind. Yeah. And sorry, Eric. <laughs> so the intro of the book is really quite cool. They've got these kind of like point of view characters that a lot of the book is written from, and and they they kind of crop up. But the whole intro is written by. Uh, an old gangster called Marco, right? And it's like an in-universe character. And he talks about the commission trial, the one that led to the five families of Chicago and New York gangs. Um, you know, that it was this trial where a lot of them got convicted, right? And it was... But well, people will know this from the film Donnie Brasco. It was, oh, that, it was yeah. that trial, right? Oh, that whole thing, yeah? Yes, exactly. Great so film. And that, that ended up with, as, as the back of the cover said, it being sort of leaderless. That mm-hmm. People are running around like headless chickens. And um, it ended up with the, the Italian mafia, you know, trying their luck in Nevada. Yeah. You know, some, some of these gangs work out, some of them don't. But it's the 90s now. It's Vegas. And Vegas is run by, like, cartels and... Chinese tongs, so La Cosa Nostra perseveres and is trying to like make a make a name for themselves yeah. in Vegas. And uh, for those that don't know, La Cosa Nostra, I think it means this thing of ours. 
I think. Is that what the Costarosa stands for? Yeah, and it's it's just the kind of the, the name of the gang. And, and and essentially in the kind of fiction, I don't know if this is real or not, but in Wise Guys, after having moved to Vegas and, you know, trying to try their luck there, um, they've started recruiting associates, which is mainly what you play in Wise Guys. Yeah. Who are like the lowest rank, but essentially it's fun to play on that rank. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and that's basically the backstory of it. It's the 90s, it's Vegas... You are part of the Italian Mafia and your associates, and it's pretty Buying awesome. for power. Yeah, after this, uh, this old gangster character has his say. You get, you get a little bit from this bloke called Frank Gentry. He's a detective. Yeah, and it's, this has also got like loads of info about the setting in there too. Like, as a really, really fucking cool intro. And he talks about like the different types of law enforcement in Vegas and how they operate and things like this. And for example, the lowest one, which is the LVMPD which is run by Clark County Sheriff Chip Conway. And this is the Las Vegas Metropolitan Metropolitan Police Department. Mm. And basically, everyone loves this guy Chip, right? Because he he trusts people to keep the peace and get shit done. And Frank, this in-universe character, says that means working with the odd criminal organization once in a while. And the next part is all about, you know, as I said, the cops and how they operate. And for example, it, it talks about the, the pecking order. And Frank tells us that the Metro Police Department is the lowest and how they'll come out for a busted window or a nicked handbag. They're street level guys. Mm-hmm. And they're all fresh faced and new. And as a result, you know, they they won't act how like the movie cops do. Yeah. And, and they take their job really seriously. But on the other end of the spectrum, you've got the LVMPD Criminal Investigations Division. And they're, they're like, they can be crooked. And like Frank, for example, he says, like, don't get caught at a scene in the crime because these old detectives, they know the system. And as a result, what they'll do is they'll kind of, they'll help you out. Maybe yeah. a bit of evidence will go missing if you slip them a right yeah, amount yeah, of money. Yeah. You know, things like this. And um, as a sort of introduction and a setup for the fucking book, it's so good. Because if if it, sorry, that's rustling my papers there. But if your players read this, they instantly know the kind of things that wise guys would. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. the thing is, you it's a couple of pages. You read through it and you go, okay, now I know how the police operate. Because wise guys, realistically, they would have been doing this for years. They know all the little tricks and two pages, and that's all out the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. You know everything, primer, isn't it? Yeah. Yep, it gives you the history and about all the police and stuff. It's awesome. Really, yep. really good. And there's plenty more tips and tidbits in this in this area too, like info on wiretaps, why and when they occur, all the different cop departments. But as I said, it's just cool because it gets you up to speed. But let's go on to the first chapter of the book. And you're going to like this. This is The Way of the Wise Guy. And this part is all about the tropes and themes of the genre and how a wise guy lives his life kind of thing. And... I think this is like essential reading for GMs and players because there's so many little things I didn't even realise. Uh, yeah. And like, we've playtested the damn game. Yeah, yeah. And as I was reading it, I was like, oh, that's that's pretty awesome. So many of the ways of life are like unwritten rules, like a sort of lifestyle that a wise guy has. For example, wise guys love their mums. You know, you've seen this oh, in like yeah. movies, oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> they love their mums and, and making fun of someone's mum can actually get you killed. Yeah. Like, you don't do it. You just don't. It's, yeah. And there's another um, uh, little trope called wise guys don't make reservations. So what it is is when a wise guy or uh, his and his wife or his associates or whatever go out for a, a meal, mm. they don't make reservations. And what they do do is they'll, they'll go up to the front, make up a fake name, and when it's apparent that it's not on the list, they'll make a fuss until they get a table. That's, that's how they <laughs> that's operate. That's done. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean I ain't on the list? That's me there. Bobby Davro. Bobby Davro. I, I, I'm in town. <laughs> Doing a few gigs. 
Anyway, um, another one that's pretty cool is, is is the wise guys and money section, right? Yeah. And it talks about how the a wise guy, right? They only ever they don't have bank accounts. They keep all their money in cash, cash. and it's always in big wads in their pockets, rolled right? up in circles or whatever. Yeah. And everything that they have, from houses to cars to businesses, they're all in someone else's name. Yeah. So that if they get taken by the cops, no assets yep, whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. And that is, that's super fucking so cool. cool. You don't think about things like that. So even when, that's why that's why a lot of the time, you know, in the films that when they do get nicked by the police, they're just laughing because they know that they're not going. They've got no evidence against them or yeah, whatever. I remember seeing it with a, a British gangster, and they it was on um, that program, Twenty Four Hours in in Police Custody. Oh, it's cracking! Yeah, really good program. Yeah, and uh, he'd he'd gone on holiday to Spain, so they knew he was Costa del Crime, of course. Yeah. And he was coming back through Gatwick Airport. And when they nicked him, they were like, so what did you do for a living then, sir? And he's like, unemployed. And they're like... <laughs> yeah, they, they search him and he's got like eight grand in his pocket. <laughs> <Cash on him. laughs> <laughs> Pull it out of his Gucci wallet. Like It actually was a Gucci wallet. Of course it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, so an- another couple of these tropes that I'll, I'll go through, because I, f- I think they're pretty cool. Yeah. It's obviously show no weakness. Like, that's another wise guy's unwritten of rule. Of course, you know? yeah. You, you don't show any weakness, because it's just not the done thing no. in such a match can't environment. can't space, can you? Yeah. And oh, they're really patriotic as well. Yeah. And the, the, the thing is, is the reason they love America, the book puts it, that they, there's only in America could they get away with this, with this kind of, of shit. So yeah, they love exactly. it. They love yeah, it. That's the living the American dream. Yeah, and there's so much, much more, and it's a really cool part of the book. But, it is. Um, in the tropes and themes, mm-hmm. right? It's talk. These are more like, well, the tropes and themes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the anti-heroes versus villains one. So the you avoid normal people, right? Because in in the in the films and that you you root for the gangsters, and to keep it that way, in this game, it's kind of like. The antagonists uh, are people worse than you. You right. only go off after like other gangsters or or like really really corrupt organisations or whatever. But you don't really just go. Although you're like criminals, you don't just go out robbing everyone. You no, yeah, the there's there's still honour amongst thieves, if you like. It's like that kind of you know. It's the same thing. You know, no kid, no women, no kids get hurt and stuff. Right. That's often like a rule with gangsters, isn't it? And they still got this kind of. Uh, respect and kind of honour even though it's obviously all criminal activities exactly yeah. um, another one that is everybody be cool and it's um, the gangsters stand out by being cool so this could be like a cosmetic thing like you always wear a, a loud suit no matter where you go which Put sunglasses on permanently yeah. it's one of the tropes you know like that they always wear suits their uniforms they are suits yeah so you always stand out because you might have big hair, loads of jewelry, and a pinstripe, yeah, and a pinstripe, or just a loud voice, whatever. Yeah, but yeah. of course and you do. What's what's brilliant about this? It's but because you're so cool, you stand out. The book has a sidebar that tells you what cool things are. So it's like it will give you like the names of fast cars, good watches. It's just like is a box that just says what is cool, hey. and it's just got a big yeah, list of stuff. That's it, yeah. But I guess that's helpful because it's the nineties. You know what I mean? Well, this is it exactly. You know, if you're a little bit younger and uh, and pick up this game, you might not know about the nineties. <laughs> there you go and uh, yeah one of the other tropes and themes is, is nowhere else to go and basically if you leave Vegas or the campaign area that you're playing in you leave the campaign right so the thing is if you've done a runner and you've gone god I need to I need to escape there's too much beef here and I'm going mm-hmm. that's it that's your character exi- exiting the game yep. and I think that's pretty cool that's fair play because it means that the players have a vested interest in not being murder hobos especially because they're anti-heroes versus villains and then nowhere else to go <laughs> yeah. if you fuck everything up so much that you have to leave well then your character's if gone if you blow it in Vegas you've blown it <laughs> well, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. And there's um there's another sort of uh, section about the decline of the old values, and it's pretty pretty awesome because it's it talks about the the old Vegas and the new and right. the new Vegas representing the future where it's like 
you know, casinos uh, with uh, that family friendly uh-huh. and things like this. Uh-huh. Whereas, like the the old Vegas is like these these slums still run by m- mobs, and you can it's like the and it's like the casinos there are for gamblers, not mm-hmm. for families, mm-hmm. and it's that and that's where the gangsters operate, like in the old Vegas, where it's like. Well, I guess they operate everywhere, but the point is, is that's it's like all that's shady. It was all like shady and stuff before, and now it's going a bit more mainstream. Or, exactly. Or yeah, and so, so the old, old is like uh, the old, old place is kind of more where they operate, and this sort of represents the decline of the old values Got as you. well. Yeah. Hence why now the associates and mm-hmm. people that aren't Italian are working for them, but on street level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind enterprise of cool. and all that kind yeah, of thing. Totally. Yeah. But. Um, the next part is like it gives you a brief history on how things came to be, and it talks about prohibition, the pro- oh, yeah. post-prohibition, yeah. and diversifying things like this. And of course, it tells you all about the five families and the Donny Brasco thing and how how they came to to fall and things like this. Yeah. And then, of course, we come to today. So it's like essentially what they talked about a little bit in the intro, but it fleshes it out properly. Mm-hmm. And then we go into gang hierarchy. And this is pretty interesting, and I think it's important to know. So, at the top, you've got the Don, right? Yeah. Or the boss, or whatever. The boss. And then his right-hand man, and I'm, I'm going to butcher these pronunciations, is called the Consigliere. Consigliere. I think I think that's what it is. I don't know. But he's like the right hand man, and and uh, like a lieutenant, exactly. And beneath him, you have an underboss, which yep. is usually the Don's son, and he's like being groomed to be be like like the apprentice. Yeah, of exactly. The boss. Yeah, I gotcha. And then uh, beneath that, you have the Caprio Jimmy, who's the captain. And I'm so sorry for my Caprio Jimmy. Pro- they're like a they they got to put an accent on it. Caprio Jimmy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> And they um they are look after like ten to twenty soldiers, you yeah, know, yeah, things yeah, like yeah. this. Gang boss, uh, exactly. Uh, not a gang boss, uh, like like a yeah, like a, a gang boss within a like an area a, manager. That's it. That's the one. <laughs> that's the team leader. Yeah, <laughs> he's a team leader. He's called Gareth. Gareth, the team leader. And then beneath that, you've got associates, and yeah. this is the PCs. So the PCs like they kind of uh, they're the street level guys, and when they make money, they kick it up to a soldier who's a made man, and that's like. The made man is kind of an actual Italian descent mm-hmm. gangster who is part of family. As that's it. it. When you become a made man, that's like when you're officially you're officially part of the gang, and yeah. that's why it's Protected. associates underneath. It's they're not te- like really part of the gang, but they are kind of like business partners, aren't they? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, we'll go more into what being a made man is a bit later, but yeah. um, it, it does give a sidebar as well. If you don't want to play associates and you want to play other types of people and it gives a little bit of advice on that which I think is pretty interesting because it says alternately what you could do is have your rank in the game because in Savage Worlds you go from you know novice seasoned heroic whatever mm. um, it says every you could ha- could have each rank of that be a different mob rank ah right but okay. the trouble with this is is that if you go to from associate to soldier and you have people working under you suddenly it's just a game where all the all the PCs are separate, managing mm. different teams of people. Oh, yeah. So you see what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. You could get promoted, but ideally, if you have a made man in your team, you want to have one, and he's looking after all the other players. That's what makes it really fun. That's how we've played it. We had within our party, we had one made man, and he was the guy that we he kicked it up. But he, we would kick like work for him, and then he would kick it up to the yeah. Underboss. So all all money that we got, we give to him, and then he give half to the to the boss and we get a bit of our, our yeah. payment after that exactly it was pretty it was pretty awesome playing it, was it that fun. way as well because he was he was the straight man and we were acting like fucking idiots, idiots for the whole yeah. time and there was a point where I remember okay we have to tell this story because he had to he had to go in to see the boss 
to get to deliver some bad news about how we fucked up a mission. <laughs> and um, Eric, the GM, who also wrote the book, he allowed us to give one action to help him in when he went in to see the boss. We couldn't go and see the boss. We're not <laughs> high rank enough. So we we were giving him advice, and they, uh, we were giving him advice, and then suddenly he's like, okay, you can get a bonus on your roll because of that advice. And then uh, somebody who was a stage magician gave him a smoke bomb yeah. to make a cool entrance because <laughs> he thought that would help him. And what happens is Tommy, this, like, this proper like Italian gangster, he just he drops his smoke bomb on the floor and enters Looney John's uh, room, you know, in this big mansion. And he's the, the boss is like, what the hell are you doing? He said, just, just wanted to make a big entrance, boss. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, uh, about the mission. And it was like, it was so weird. Like I can't even believe it here. It was so weird. <laughs> it was so weird. Yeah. Um, but the next portion of the book uh, talks about Omerta, the code of silence that the Italian mobsters take. Mm-hmm. And it also addresses becoming a made man. The Omerta thing, everyone knows what that is anyway. Um, but the, the made man thing is like... Basically, you have to be grandfathered in, which means somebody has to vouch for you. Okay, yep. And you'll notice, if you remember going back again to Donnie Brasco, which is a pretty good film, Mm. um, that he has to be vouched in by Al Pacino. Is it Al Pacino? I can't can't fucking remember. remember. Anyway, uh, Johnny Depp's character has to be grandfathered in, and he vouches for him. And unless you have skills the mafia needs, they have no need for you. Right. So first of all, someone has to vouch for you. Second of all, they have to do it for a good reason because you have to have skills to do so. You have to support and the vouch. Yeah. Exactly. I see. Yep. And you also have to have been involved in a murder as well. Ah. This way, the mafia know you're not an undercover. And they cop. got shit on you as well, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what? Probably. Um. But the book then goes on to give you examples of the types of operation the mob is involved in. Mm-hmm. So you've got hijacking. Yeah. Gambling and loan sharking. Yeah. Extortion. Fun. <laughs> Bid rigging. B- better. Sc- scrumping. What the fuck? Illegal chimp fighting rings. <laughs> There's two in there that may be fake. I'll, I'll, I'll let What's the listen. The, what was the one we bought? Scrump. Scrumping is nicking apples, isn't it? In, in England. <laughs> <laughs> what, the 18th fucking century? Yeah, I don't... Th- Get out scrumping. I think it's only in, like, West Country. Like, people that have, like, an apple tree in their garden. He's like, he scrumped me. He bloody scrumped me. in jail. Well, I'm no scrumpy later because my tree's been scrumped. <laughs> you scrumped me right up. You little feck. So, imagine... Uh, ima- well, that would be pretty cool. If you want to do a campaign where you play wise guys doing s- scrumping. scrumping. Well, Bill Bailey once made a joke that, that like, theft on a street level is just urban scrumping <laughs> scrump your wallet right out of my pocket hey boss we're doing some scrumping hey <laughs> no illegal chimp fighting rings is not in the book oh, but it, it bloody it well be, should, it be. should be stretch girl mate <laughs> yeah <laughs> very good but anyway let's talk about setting rules because in Savage Worlds um, the way a lot of games like to differentiate themselves uh, is by having setting rules yeah. and these are kind of like house rules to the game that alter Savage Worlds a little bit to give it a slight different feel. That fit in with the game it is, yeah. For example, in Fallout you have the the radiation. Sure. Yeah, so the setting rules in this, they're they're pretty awesome Mm -hmm. and I'll go through a couple of them because we've got Betrayal. Betrayal is like a big thing in gangster settings, right? And uh, as a result, it's a setting rule here and what it is is the defender of a betrayal cannot spend bennies on defensive actions. Which means that betrayal is more easy and it's something you need to be wary of yeah, at yeah, all yeah. times yeah. because you can't spend a penny to re-roll when somebody betrays you. And another one is like called the sit-down. This is a uh, setting rule in there. And it's if, if it, two gangsters have a dispute, mm. and this is how they do it in real life, mm-hmm. apparently, gangsters have a meeting mediated by a third party, sometimes a consigliere. 
Consigliere. And, and, um, <laughs> on neutral ground, right? Yes. Yeah, so I know that is. You, um, you use the social conflict rules, mm-hmm. um, but margin of success determines the result of what happens. So mm. if you get a tie, it's status quo until further development. Okay. So it means things are just going to remain the same. The two gangsters are going to hate each other until something else happens with the beef. Then you've got to have another meeting. Got you. Uh, one or two means minor compensation. Three or four major. So it's, wow. I guess if somebody's nicked money off you, you have to give them some back. Or I, I, someone's I, killed someone and I guess you would like, get a, a life back or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, so they would be like, what, you know, tit for tat kind of things. Like, yeah. right, well, you can Listen, have one you of our associates. One of my guys, so you get We you want get blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Could be something like that. Um, and five is full surrender by the opposition. Oh, wow. So I guess... They take over. It, yeah, it could be even that, that if you've if you've had beef, the, the other guy has to accept that he's going to be killed now or something. Yeah, yeah. Some Let's say, for example, there's a lot of honour with all that, isn't it? It's like, right, you're going to get in the car and go for a drive? Okay, boss. Okay, I understand. <laughs> but yeah, the dispute, it could be like... Because we talked about, you know, how if you insult somebody's mother, then you could get killed. Your so mother. if you've got a five on this, it could mean now you've got to accept that you, you that guy, he has to die. Because you, you took the piss out the mother? <laughs> yeah. Now you gotta go. Oh my, she's lovely. How could you? You had her brownies. <laughs> and now you want to talk to her like that. Um, another setting rule is security. Certain areas of the game have negative modifiers based on the security level. So it just means that things are harder to do based on if you're in a real high-tech casino then you would get, say, a minus two to all rolls. Oh, if, if you're trying you were... to cheat or something. Yeah, or trying to do anything related to crime. That's the way right, the setting works. Yeah, so... yeah, yeah. Would there be more police in that area? Exactly. Or, or there's cameras yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But that's yeah. the point. And a military base, the the, the uh, book gives this example, would be everything everything crime-related is a minus four, and I guarantee cool. you that's yeah. probably going to be all actions in there because you're that. not in a military base for a good reason. Especially if you're a gangster. <laughs> I'm just taking the tour. What I the just hell? want the alien. That's all I'm after. <laughs> I just want the alien. <laughs> Just give me the alien. Give me the alien. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the best setting rule is friends of ours. Yeah. So this is uh, essentially you you can get contacts in this game. So to, to get them, and we'll explain what they do in a second, you need the friend of mine edge, or it can be milestones, like, you know, completing a certain objective, yeah. or meeting people in play. And how it works is you get a, you get a contact, and there are shitloads in the book, 52, I believe, mm-hmm. And you, you get one of these contacts, and then that contact will uh, give you some perk, but not straight away. First of all, you just know them. They're an in-game character. They may help. They may not. But what you've got to do is is like keep on being mates with them, doing stuff for them, mm-hmm. and it will get their, it will move them down. You know you've got the um, social reactions chart yep. in, in Savage Worlds. It will move them down. And once they get to like friendly or whatever the fuck it is, Boom. then you get the perk. Yeah. So I'll give a few examples because um, there was a Kickstarter level for this book where you could, if you kickstarted enough, you would be one of the contacts. Hello. And so the first <laughs> example I'll give is Nick the Juice Lamley. <laughs> and he's a loan shark and he can lend you five veteran enforcers these are like big, hard, nut-type guys. And they're his debt collectors. Yeah. Right? And he can lend them to you for a bit to help you on a mission. Uh-huh. So you've suddenly got these five big fuckers. Heavy's like, coming. Yeah. yeah, heavy's coming in. Another another pretty good one is Diamond Jim Harding. He works for the DMV, and he can make a fake identity for Ooh, you. Ooh, that's cool. So you're starting to get a feel for what the type of things are. Mm-hmm. But the best one, 
of course, is Larry Busey, also known as Crazy Face. <laughs> Larry Busey. And and the artwork is is so good for Larry Busey. Um, it's it looks a lot like him, but just enough to avoid copyright. <laughs> just enough. <laughs> yeah. And so basically, he's a druggie that got banned from most Hollywood film sets, and he's a nutter. But he can make you recover fatigue by going out partying with him. <laughs> but nice. but if you do it for too long, you end up gaining fatigue. <laughs> of course, <laughs> it, it's so such a way. And uh, th- that's kind of the context thing. Like, some of them, they're mostly kind of realistic t- type gangster stuff, and they can give you this perk almost like an adventure card. Like, it will give you something like that, you know? And it's pretty awesome. But uh, I had one when I played uh, one time that was I see a fortune teller, and it gives me an extra Benny because my fortunes of a good you know pretty awesome oh yeah Larry Buse is fantastic the artwork man I, I say everyone buy this book just to see that because it's <laughs> it's such a great picture he's got like you know those when people get arrested and they have the uh, police department numbers Mugshot. around their neck oh yeah yeah he's got out on him mate it's crazy crazy face That's All the, and, uh, the cool thing is is a lot of the um, the kickstarter people you know they've they've got pictures in there and the it's like you think this would be some like real cheap thing where it's like oh you've had to ram them in there you've had to force some nah. but they're so good the effort that's got into these mugshots is incredible I like um, and he got people to send pictures in had the artists you yeah. know draw pictures based on you and Nick's one is great because he took a really like scummy picture of him in a hoodie so he look, <laughs> yeah. he really looks like a, a proper that was just after our game actually funny enough wasn't oh, it oh really yeah yeah don't you remember we finished up and I was like right let's, let's get his mugshot done <laughs> oh yeah and James uh, Clark who uh, used to be on this podcast he's he's in there as well and um, I made well I didn't make Eric but I asked Eric to make him a male prostitute he looks insane (laughs) oh is he called the chasm (laughs) he's called Cavernous Cavernous that's his nickname James Cavernous Clark because of his bum hole (laughs) hold on one sec nice a red can of beer But yeah, the, the context for me is one of the standout features of this game. It makes you feel like a proper gangster having these people, yeah. uh, you know, that you can you can call up. Um, you can also, I think, spend a Benny to gain... Uh, there's the influence the story rule in uh, Savage Worlds, right? Where you can spend a Benny to... Oh, in the new rules, yeah. Yeah, influence a, the story in a minor way. And mm-hmm. what you can do in this is if you want to make up a contact and, and the GM is cool with it, you can spend a Benny, influence the story, and then you can say, oh, I know this guy from blah, blah, blah. That's cool. You'd have to, It'd have to be good, though. Well, I gave a, a, a guy a contact when I played Tough Guys, the London uh, expansion to yep. this, and I gave a guy a contact based on an interlude he did where he, he did this sick interlude where he's talking about this, this gangster that he used to roll with, and I was like, right, you get him as a contact and he can have the abilities you just described. What's the guy's name? And he just went, Steve. Of <laughs> course. <laughs> <laughs> He's just got his like. He, he told this epic tale about being with this gangster, and it's like the bloke's name Steve. All right, Steve. Or another example is uh, uh, somebody played Bob the Slub, who's one of the archetypes from Tough Guys. Yeah. Um, and he played him in in a game, and he did a really really cool interlude about how he he, he uh, actually adopted this young girl from the streets and found out she was an amazing thief. And I said, okay, you get her as a contact. You can use her at some point during this game. So the the contacts can work a, a couple of ways, but how you meet them and how you come across them can be innumerable. but yeah. the uses of them are really cool. And you know it's going to come up a load. Like, you know, if you're playing a game and it always happens, there'll be one bloody NPC that the party can't get enough of for whatever reason. And they'll latch onto him. And they'll latch onto him. And before you know it, boom, in this game, you can turn him into a contact. So yeah, that yeah, it's, it really it's awesome. Um, and the good thing about these is if you're playing a one shot obviously you have to wait work your way up to get the perk with these contacts if you're playing a one shot just give them out to your players and uh just allow them to use the perk 
there and then out the bat yeah, yeah straight away yeah exactly and that makes it really good fun and especially yeah and also I would say make make the players aware before you go because if you tell if you tell your players that there is a potential for you to be able to recruit contacts throughout your game they're going to be all over it you know what I'm gutted I didn't back that level you sure? I don't know why you didn't. I don't know why You're I didn't. You're mad, I love man. this game. Anyway, um, let's talk about heists. Yes. So, um, heists in this, you could, you could, of course, do a session where you, you, know, you plan everything out. We like to do that type of stuff. Yeah. And you could do an entire session, session based around a heist. But, for example, when we've played it before, we did a quick heist at the beginning of the game to set up what our characters are like. Yeah. Yep. It sort of shows it shows your characters. You get to show them off, do your bit in the heist, and it's pretty cool. And the way it's handled in Wise Guys is it uses dr- the dramatic tasks from Savage Worlds. Mm-hmm. So, essentially, you lay down five cards, whack a negative modifier on it, and then people get to take actions to try and do it. Yeah. And uh, club means a, a complication. Yeah. So you do that, but the cool thing about this is you can now do a preparation montage, like in a film, to give you bonuses during the direct. Amazing. So how it works is you you get like heist tokens, and uh, by all describing what you do. So you go around the table, and, and for example, you might say, if you're playing Winston, who's uh, who's a, a pickpocket and uh, an Elvis impersonator. Elvis impersonator, yeah. Yeah, you might go, okay, Winston, what are you doing? And I've done this action before when I played him. You could say, okay, we cut back to me outside the security guard's house. I followed him home. I jumped through the window and I took his key card. Yeah. And then you snap back and that's part of the pre- preparation montage. And then you get a heist token. Mm-hmm. And these can be used during the, the actual heist to influence the story. So you could be like, you're, you're doing the heist, you spend your heist token, and then you look up at the camera and you see it just go down. And it's like not working for some reason. You just waltz past it. Yeah. And then it cuts to like the electronics guy outside on a computer. You're giving him 20 quid and he's like, yeah, I'm, I could shut that camera down in 10 minutes. Exactly. Or yeah, Something yeah. like that. So it's pretty cool. So you get to influence the story during the heist, which cool. I just think is such a That's great a use really cool. of the dramatic task yeah and it gives it gives player agency makes it fun yeah and, and the thing is it's like it em- really well emulates what we've seen in the film and the thing is yeah well and precisely that you know the the very the very kind of um the whole thing of, of a heist is shit's gonna go wrong they always do that's what happens so giving the players that kind of uh, influence if you like a keeps the gm on his toes and b makes for an interesting story and it also boils down like a whole night of preparation into uh, about half an hour exactly. of game it's yeah. so good yeah really but clever yeah. Uh, let's talk about character options, mate. Yes. So uh, the the character the bleh, whoa bleh, hey, bleh, hey watch whoa. out all right <laughs> forget about <it>. so. <laughs> so the uh, characters in this game like the the group of the PCs is known as the crew yeah and within this you have certain roles you know like in in like say for example a fantasy game you have the tank the healer mm-hmm. the DPS whatever um, and in this you've got like things like cleaner um, hit squad robbers things like this but. Then you that's just your role within the party, but the concepts can be anything else. For mm. example, the Elvis impersonator, he's kind of a sneaky guy and a pickpocket, but his archetype would be, I, I guess, thief, you know? Yeah, Something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. But the concepts that the game suggests, just to give you an idea of the type of character you can play in this um, in this setting, are burglar, circus acrobat, entertainer, for example, Winston, yep. right, that we've talked about, luchador, street doctor. Things like that. Wicked. And character creation is exactly the same as Savage Worlds. And basically you get to pick 15 points to put into skills. And it uses the more skill points setting rule. Mm-hmm. And then you, you uh, also 
put points into attributes. So I'm not going to go into it too much, but the big thing is obviously you pick edges and hindrances, and we're going to talk about some of the new ones that you get with the game. Oh yeah, with wise guys. So um, th- this is a pretty good one, which I have can't read my own handwriting. Uh, a beholden is a pretty awesome one. Someone done you a favour and you owe them. So you're beholden to them. Ooh. They might call you up at a really, really inappropriate time. <laughs> you could be in the middle of a mission. He's like, he's, uh, he'd be like, remember when I saved your ass back then? Well, my wife needs a bunch of flowers. Right now. So they got to be daffodils. Get down here, you asshole. And you could <laughs> yeah. be like, right, you're literally just about to put the key card in the lock in the casino and you have to leave. Like, yeah, I got to go. Why? But you're beholden to someone. Yeah. And that's what's pretty cool. Might you be your mum. It could be. It could be. <laughs> it, that, it you promised. Be. You promised it was my. It was my birthday. You promised. You said you'd never miss it again. And if I call you, you'd take me to the zoo. <laughs> that's that's a good trapping <laughs> for it, man. It works. Uh, there's another one. Conspicuous. You attract attention and stick in people's minds, which is pretty fucking cool. So you might it, have a gold tooth that everyone sees or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So when when it comes down to like you uh, you've done something at the scene of the crime, people would have noticed. You I remember this tooth. one guy. He had a giant forehead. I couldn't stop looking at it. And then. And suddenly the police are looking for a guy with a giant forehead. Nick the so, Juice, they're on him. Yep. There's one wisecracker, which you're always telling jokes at inopportune moments. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It'd be like Daniel... You think you're funny? It'd be like Daniel from our uh, uh, Ravenloft campaign oh, that we did on this God. podcast. <laughs> yeah. We always told the worst, most heinous jokes. Uh, another one is called Gene. Gene. I'm trying to say it with the Italian accent. Gene. 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 I so, um, uh, oh my god, my handwriting is so bad. Oh, yeah, you're the youngest guy in the group and you get lumped with the worst tasks. Oh, so yes. So it'd be like in Pulp Fiction when you have to clean the blood off the car. You know when uh, um, yeah. they go and see the wolf, right? Yeah. And he's, he's he's like, you think I'm getting in there doing it? Fuck you, get in there and do that. Wipe that shit off. Yeah, so you that, that I think is awesome. He's the lackey then, the kid. Yeah. One of my favourite ones is the usual suspect. Whenever a crime is committed in the city, you could be completely uninvolved, the cops will come knocking for you. It's always him. Yeah, because they just say, <laughs> where were you on this day? And it's like, I, I just I think that's so great that's wicked that's it, wicked it's, it, it, kind of like Beholden it, it was, it's going to come up at inopportune moments right yeah 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 it could, and, and it could be like, like you know miles away on the other side of the <clears> city <throat> a murder happened and suddenly you're a suspect they're knocking on your door again it's like for fuck's sake so new edges right um, which are like not hindrances they're the opposite there Better. you go listener yeah that's that sort of wisdom yeah is what you're coming for yeah but the main one of course is good fella so you um, this means you're a wise guy you're a made man right you're one of us so you automatically get the streetwise edge and associates kick money up to you nice you also get free suits Ooh, just through the game that's pretty so decent. You, and restaurant dining is always free nice and you can't be murdered by other members of the gang unless given express permission right. right to give uh, some context to this and to tell a kind of kind of funny story that uh, our wise guys campaign that we played in yeah. um it, at some point the main story went away because it all ended up with us because uh, it was us yeah because it was us <laughs> and it all ended up with uh, a big thing about this money um yeah. sean's character was this uh, kind of uh, accountant gambling type guy i got the google yeah <laughs> and he, he, he nicked a bunch of money off the boss's cousin, right, who just comes to town. Oh, that's right, yeah, because he took him out betting, he? Didn't took him he? out betting, and the guy had no idea about betting, and Sean did. And so Sean took uh, the, the guy's grand, put, bet it on a horse, and then came back and... I think he, he gave him two grand back he, and kept 18 for himself or it was, whatever. No, it was yeah. like three million. It was, <laughs> yeah, a, it was ridiculous a ridiculous amount, amount of money. money yeah. And, um, yeah, essentially the game revolved around us fighting over it, over and over and over again. Hid it in his VHS collection. Up, <laughs> yeah, we, we ended up at this guy's flat fighting over it, right? And what happened was my character grabbed the money oh my and God. the wise 
the wise guy, the made man, Tommy, he mm. was he was looking at us and he was like, just put, give me the money, man. You owe it to me. Because it's like one of the rules of being in the mafia is you never hide money. You, you kick it up and you share it, right? That's, That's right. the point. And then you and, get paid. And I specifically wasn't. I was trying to take it and I pulled a gun on a made man. <sighs> and you never do that. And so it ended up, it was literally just like, you don't even get to roll. You, you're being executed. Yeah, and you get and whacked, was mate. like, can I say one more thing? And then it was like, Phew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought that, and, and that's like the Goodfella edge. That that's what that can kind that's of do a for you. Great edge. Yeah, you're you're one of the uh, one of the bosses of the other PCs, and it sounds like a kind of bad dynamic, but it's really no, not. No, no, you, no. You just muck in and you get involved, and you could just be the 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 sensible sensible guy when it comes to money. And you're like a de facto leader, and it's like when stuff goes wrong, you kind of remind them who they're working for, and it's wicked. It, yeah, it, exactly. it's really good. It's nice, and it gives it gives that party that little bit of kind of hierarchy where you kind of essentially got a leader if you like yeah and and if you want to be the voice of reason and the sensible guy in the party be it's the a great man. edge to take yeah yeah be the good but fella other edges um they're really awesome there's wheel and deal which um reduces multi-action penalties by two when driving and shooting at awesome. the same time yeah that's cool um above the law this is one of the best ones you can't be charged for a crime unless caught red-handed <sighs> So yeah, it's pretty awesome. So witnesses don't. So yeah, basically yeah. So so there's never a witness because you know, they won't you, talk or whatever. So unless you're actually caught doing it, yeah, the case will never. It's come like to the court. Al Capone thing, you know. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. eventually charged for uh, what was it traffic violation? <laughs> so stupid. But, but yeah. he the amount of crimes he uh, presided over and never got caught for. That's you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're above the law. Yeah. You just don't. So you could be taken to court, but you'll never. The case you, will fall apart. Exactly, and you'll yeah. just get out. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's have a talk about gear so new melee weapons these are pretty cool hey. you've got piano wire nunchucks shuriken and a sai which is like it's like a bat with two edges on the end <laughs> yeah. it's like a uh, eastern weapon I yeah. don't know what the what country it comes from but there's new special weapons such as molotovs and what I like is they've done uh, explosives and they've been general about it, so it can apply to anything. So you've got improvised <coughs> explosives and military. Oh, excellent. And with military, yeah. you can add extra charges and make it more damaging, cool. which is awesome. And uh, in the gear, you've got cheating implements. You've got altered dice, mm. which obviously like have Loaded more dice. threes on yeah, them, yeah. or they could be loaded. Uh, there's a coin yo-yo. So it's like what it's like a that? it's basically it's more more complicated than this, but it's like a coin on a string. Oh, and you put it in the fruit and flick it back out again. Yeah, or so you, you put it in and keep dragging it back and forth, so the machine gets confused. Yeah, got yeah. There's one called monkey paws. I've never actually heard of this, but you jam it into an opening at the side of the machine, and you, you it sort of confuses the machine and gets it to pay out the jackpot. Which <laughs> is that was that like cool. thing that you know you make the wishes. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I thought. I was like, "What the fuck, a monkey paw?" And you wish, and you're like, "I want the jackpot." <laughs> no, it's not quite that same thing. But um, it's a rigging tool. I should, for I should point out when we say fruit machine, we mean a slot machine. Oh god, yeah. Nobody it's not, else it's calls it called that. that. Why? Oh, because it's fruit on the real fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh god. <laughs> but fruit, man, eh? the mundane gear in the game includes things like balaclava, chemistry lab, musical yeah. instrument case, obviously for hiding of a course, gun. Yeah. Playing cards, police scanners, all this type of stuff. Yeah. And which is fucking awesome yeah. and and as for vehicles like all the vehicles are there all the ones you could want you know like SUV van limo whatever. Cadillac yeah. yeah it's all there um, the next part is the gazetteer which is awesome um, I'll just give an example of how the gazetteer kind of works because what it is it's got this really cool black and white map of each area and then it bre- breaks each location down into notable locations and so for example let's talk about the strip right the strip will will give like all the different locations, like restaurants, different casinos, whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, to give an example, it breaks down one area called the Colossus, which is you know sub area within the strip. 
and I think that's based on Caesar's Palace. Um, it tells you what the place looks like, what services it offers, and for example, it has the the Acropolis, which where you can go and see musicals, the Hephaestus Grill, which serves Mediterranean food, and Bacchanal, an exclusive nightclub, and it's the most decadent one in all of Vegas. Ooh. And uh, it's it's at the top of the statue, it's like from... the Ivy of Mayfair or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, I've got you. And uh, the that club is on the top of the statue, and mm-hmm. that's what uh, the Colossus takes its name from. This giant that's Greek cool. statue. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, but the cool thing is, is each location uh, and and the big sub-locations, they have rumours and adventure seeds Ooh. for those specific locations, which is awesome. Yeah. Well, in the Colossus, uh, one of the adventure seeds is a wise guy working at the Colossus organises old-school pugilist matches in the ring at night. <laughs> Only select people get an invite to these private events. Nice. So that's pretty cool. Go do some jousting. Yeah, so... Uh, so yeah, I don't know if it's... Actually, it might be. A pugil stick, isn't that? Like no, pugilism is like fighting with your fists. I oh, is thought. it? Oh, right. But, you know, it, it very well could be because actually they do put on medieval type fights in the Colossus. So Wicked. He's getting all the weapons and going out at it's night. He's got like a gladiator thing going on where people actually do get killed. <laughs> a private gladiator <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah. Man, well, you see, it's, it's cool like that. Like yeah. the, whole, the whole area has, uh, has like. The, everything that you can find in a casino that could be an adventure location in and of itself yeah. and as a result it fleshes out with proper fucking like adventure I love that get, and I love that it's like little rumours you know so they can be they can turn into anything you want well you know? exactly I mean we just made it completely stupid but yeah. you could do that if you wanted to why not yeah, yeah. but it gives you that idea and I love it I love the whole Clever. thing for that it's, <clears throat> it's, it's so useful yeah yeah that's it exactly maximising usability rather than just being like a bunch of uh, like here's a, a description I don't know it's got <laughs> fruit machines and it's got what are they called slot, slot machines, machines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what we say in, in England whenever you go to the uh uh like a, a pub there's always a fruity there fruity going on a fruity and, the, the and you always had one mate that was always addicted to it so he'd be like where's Paul but, oh, he's on a fruity uh, yeah yeah there's always that guy that takes <laughs> pumping pounds in I want the jackpot and the oh, good thing right. is because in England because we've always got a pint in our hand yeah. um, the fruities they always have a little shelf <laughs> next to them because you can put yeah. your beer on it yeah. I said to I said to because I was writing uh, well we me you and Owen have been writing Tough Guys yeah. the London expansion for Wise Guys and um, I put in a little table in there which is like common improvised weapons yeah. during like pub yeah. fights and things like this and um, one of the things was I said uh, for a large improvised weapon a quiz machine or a fruit machine and Eric was like what the fuck is a fruit machine he and didn't know like, yeah so obviously I it's a to... machine that serves bananas <laughs> yeah in a pub just in case you're getting a bit low on your <laughs> low on your bits yeah, yeah I, th- I, I think like that's like the classic isn't it tipping over the fruity on the oh summer. mate but that was but do you remember when the quiz machine came in it like changed the world so, if you were like that age in the early 2000s <laughs> for those that don't know the quiz machines in pubs you put a, a pound or two pound in and then uh, if you get enough questions right you can win money win money back and yeah. it gets really hard after about 10 minutes yep. like, you'll, you'll be like oh, I'm winning I'm going to get the money and then it's suddenly like who was the emperor of Russia in 1855 and you're like what, what the fuck yeah, but, yeah. Um, there was a, a couple of guys it was reported in a few newspapers that bought a quiz machine for their own home pretending to be a business and learn every answer and would go around to pubs cleaning them out nice. and they made, they made like something like 25 grand so smart yeah so clever oh it? what a good idea but eventually they got banned from almost every pub yeah in you don't get them anymore they were fantastic machines you, they, there's in our local man in the sun down the road there's they've got like three fucking quiz machines they've they got the deal got or no deal one they have. that's the dodgy yeah. pub yeah 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 <laughs> anyway win any of them back back onto the game um so there's 
a section in the book called The Players, and it's confusingly not about the players. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, it's a, the it's pl- about yeah. the players. The players within the it, it, Within the whole yeah. scene, yeah. Gotcha. So it goes into like law enforcement where you've got the DEA, the mm-hmm. FBI, the Nevada Gaming Commission, and then it's <laughs> yeah. got all these crime syndicates, right? And uh, all of these things are really well fleshed out with like, you know, the big players in their gangs, what they do, how they operate, the type of crimes they do. You've got drug cartels, outlaw motorcycle gangs, the Sicilian, the Sicilian Mafia, Ooh. the Bratva, the Russian mob, and, of course, Triads and Yakuza, mm-hmm. which is fucking awesome. But the cool thing is, you don't like any of these. Well, you're an idiot. But for, but if you don't, there's a street gang generator. There you so go. it's a couple of pages, and you can make, make your own. One up. I thought you said Bratverse. They don't say, well, they the, the Sausage Mafia. Yeah, they deal a lot in... Um, Sausage-based crimes. <laughs> they'll stab you with a sausage, or but like sti- a frozen one. <laughs> no, they'll beat you with it, like a club. Oh, they'll steal your sausage. Um, yeah. So the street gang generator. So, so the basically what happens is if you draw cards and it, it creates a gang. But the cool thing is, is that there's one thing that really made me laugh because all of the gangs you can uh, roll, well, pull a card for a distinctive custom that they do mm. and it is there's one like membership is restricted to virgins, only operates only operates at night. <laughs> Uh, carries a picture of a religious figure at all times <laughs> or collects trophies from victims leaves yeah. a signature behind only commits crimes on a full moon that's another one <laughs> so it's like the gangsters are like yeah. what's that the werewolves are in town woo and it's, yeah, yeah, it's just a bunch of guys going woo uh, yeah and the moon yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah and it, uh, you can like draw what their um, focus is so it could be wet work fraud trafficking hijacking kidnapping like and what's wet work again uh, moiders moida moiders um, yeah, and they've got like a tell as well, so you could they could have a distinctive clothing, accessories, things like this. They might so, all have a, I don't know, an insignia branded onto their hand. Absolutely, if they're yeah. a bit culty or whatever. Yeah, that's cool. It's a really, really cool little thing. My main goal is to blow up and then act like I don't know nobody. <laughs> anyway, there's a part on how to run the game, which is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. And then there is two uh, adventures. Yeah. Uh, one of one of which is Fugacy, which I've played before and I can't remember, but it's about a fake something or other. Re- but I remember it being really fun. Yeah. My memory is terrible. Yeah. But the other one is The Hills Have Knives. <laughs> and I do remember this. <laughs> Great part. This is awesome. Like, it, it starts off, well, at least in the version I played with you um, you can see that there's some police turning up and one of your bosses like main dudes is is turning up at this diner and he's covered in blood and you're like shit we got to get him out of there yeah, and it's like yeah. anyway the adventure culminates i won't ruin the plot but it culminates in you going out into like hillbilly country yeah. and there's all these like deformed ancestral you've seen the film you know what's going on yeah. it was exactly like that like in the middle of the desert and this this like old woman comes out with her two pet panthers she's got there's a people jumping out of boots with uzis a monster truck comes out of like a of shed of course yeah it's moonshine fucking, grenades it amazing so Brilliant. yeah it's not all all serious just uh, this this was like pure adventure Fun. proper killing like it yeah. was awesome yeah yeah and the book finishes with some more helpful tables of so course. there's a random fact table fact table no sorry that's wrong there's a random faction table oh, i was gonna say so, <laughs> random fact did you know <laughs> random contact table that's so you cool. could have bald brad dan dan the clockmaker <laughs> man <laughs> lorenzo the boxman scarnacia uh, oh yeah, no, no. So this is actually the contacts the, from the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So, so rather than picking one out, for, you can just do a random yeah, do a one. random one. So yeah. you pull a card, and it's uh, the value and the uh, and the bloody uh, uh, the bloody suit. Uh, the suit in it, uh, and then the bloody suit, and then you have then you have one of the uh, one of the contacts. Yeah, that's what is fifty two. There's a random nickname generator as well, which oh, is that's pretty cool. cool. That's cool. So you've got digger, dime bag, cough drop. 
<laughs> three. This, this one. This one's awesome. Three finger brown. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, random location table. So it could be uh, a bunch of locations from the game. That's cool. And then you've got an index. And Ooh, let me tell you, it's a great that? index. Is, oh, thank God. Because <laughs> a lot of that can make them or break a game. I hate a bad index. So man. do I. Yeah. And there's so, so many out there. Surprisingly. The very last thing we got to talk about is obviously the presentation. Ooh. It is. The top fucking notch. It's delicious. For yeah. a third party company, they've done they've done a, a job better than a lot of what Pinnacle do. Oh, hands down. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, you're crazy. absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, they had some big boys working on this, like Carl Keesler. Mornay Sharp is great with layouts. And yeah. It looks gorgeous. But the, 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 the artwork is just spectacular. No no expense has been spared with this book. Exactly. <clears> That's <throat> what's cool. One, one of my favorite pieces of artwork is from early on in the book. And obviously, I'm not going to be able to find it now. Oh, is, the um, comic strip. Yeah, page 14 has oh, got this mate. really cool comic strip yeah. where they've just taken this guy out for a nice meal and then they assassinate him in the car. And it's the artwork is just spectacular. It's cracking. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, like you say, no expense has been spared. It's beautiful. Yeah. Treat yourself and get the bloody hardcover because yeah. it's Be so fucking good. It's so worth it. So it's fat as well. Actually, for one of the games that we often we just review, uh, you know, a book and something like this, and try and see if it's decent, worth playing, read it, so you don't have to. But in the particular, in this case, this is one we've played quite rigorously. We've played quite actually. a lot. Yeah, we've played it. But we, we we was playing it way before it even got to this point. Um, yeah, so we played like the early version. Early, then. early but version of it. Yeah. Overall. Um, what do, what do you make of it then? Uh, I think it's uh, mate. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I love that you know. We I've always been a big fan of random generation. I think it, anything that makes the GM's life a little bit easier on yep. the fly is always welcomed. Um, you know, it's just so extensive. That's the beauty of it. And like you know, it's not just brushed over areas. Every single section of this book's had vigorous detail put into it and in a useful fashion in a, and, and it, yeah, That's what's Eric so cool. knows what a GM needs and, and he's done it so well and he's done it so the well thing about, yeah. the thing about it is it's like like it's it's known as a gangster toolkit but it is also a setting it's anything so the you thing want is it you, could, you could use this to, to base a gangster game in any town yep. but then you could just take one of the casinos from the game and the adventure hooks that go with it and put it in that town yeah of course that's you can. what's so useful about the whole thing um, and to demonstrate this there's a couple of adventures Adventures that are in entirely different settings. Uh, there's a fantasy adventure that came out for this. There's a, go- a saga of the goblin. That's what Lord. I'm saying. I bet you can take this, uh, this, this, this framework and apply it to any kind of setting yeah, you wanted to. Yeah, the mechanics, because the, the Saga of the Goblin Horde one is called the Gobfather. The Gobfather, of yeah. Course. You could do sci-fi with this, it could be space gangsters. Easily, easily, easily. <laughs> you know? and, and that's why it's a toolkit, but the setting that it comes with is super fun to play with. New, new Vegas. To me, I was thinking about this the other day, and I, I really think that when you think of a quintessential modern setting, mm. or modernish setting for RPGs, there, there really isn't one. No. Um, pe- probably Call of Cthulhu modern, but what people prefer is to play in the 1920s. They do, yeah. And as a result, I think Wise Guys should be the the quintessential modern setting. And it, especially for Savage Worlds, this, at the moment, is, to me, the flagship product. I was just about to say, flagship. So this is literally, quite literally Savage Worlds' flagship modern setting game. It is. Yeah. It really is. And, and it so robust. uses the mechanics 
of Savage Worlds, the you know cards, poker things, yep. and it all fits in so well. So it's like to me, it's perfect. Pinnacle Mister Tricky. They really did. <laughs> they really did. They they should have as soon as that idea was coming out, they should have bought it off Eric. Big but, time. Oh well. Oh, you snows, you lose. You done goofed. Never mind. But no, well done, Eric, because you've absolutely nailed it here. Yeah, bravo, bravo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyone listening, go and buy this. It's so 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 Do worth the money. A favor. Yeah, it really is. Um, I just wanted to talk briefly as well about the uh, tough guys because that's yeah. coming out soon. So there'll be a little expansion to this. It was a Kickstarter stretch goal. Nick uh, and I and um, a mate of ours, Owen, ended up writing Mm -hmm. um, Tough Guys. And it is shaping up to be really, really fucking good. And I know you can't say that about your own thing, but... I basically have jumped off of everything Eric's did, so yeah, yeah, yeah. by so, virtue of that, it's quite good. Exactly, because Eric made a really good book, he's helped us make a really good supplement. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> it, that's it's pretty good. It's got a new uh, plot generator in there. Um, you've got like the, much in the same vein of that book, really, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. There's a lot of the, a lot of similar stuff, a lot of helpful tools. Just imagine this, but in London, and it's yeah. got like you know the archetypes and stuff like this. So it's pretty, it's it's going to be pretty good. And so yeah. if you want to play something set in London and get ang- or, or and suburbia wise, of London, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, pick it up and uh, pick up Wise Guys and make sure you make sure you do. And we want evidence. We want people to show us pictures of them holding the book. Oh, we want to see it. What's the price point? Uh, I can't remember. I think it's about 30 quid for the hardback. Something like that, yeah. It's, it's, it's well priced anyway. Yeah, but, um, it's very, yeah, very So we want reasonable. nude pictures. I mean pictures. I mean pictures I mean, of you wearing the book. Yes, please. <laughs> Covering the genitals. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Yeah. Bye. So this is Jim Bim Salabim. Yes. And this comes from the fact that at our table we have a lot of stupid terms that only we say. And one of those is Jim Bim Salabim. Yeah. And I won't bother going into what it means. (laughs) But the point is, this segment is where... I'm going to give you terms from RPGs, and you have to try and guess if uh, it's a real one or if it's a Jim Bim Salabim. Okay. And this time, thanks to the magic of wise guys, in there it has a uh, mob speak nice. thing. Yeah. So it's all gangster terms. Yeah. And you have to tell me, are these made up, or uh, are these a Jim Bim Salabim, or are they real? Okay. So the first one, Shylock. Oh, I know this. I know what a Shylock is. That's... Is it real? Yeah, that's real. Yeah. Okay, so that's a loan shark. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Next one, Babo. <laughs> Babo? Mm-hmm. Not Bambino? Not Bambino, Babo. I reckon that's a Jim Bim Salabim. It isn't. That's a real one. Ah. Wrong. Uh, it means a, either like a useless guy or an idiot. Yeah, Babo. Hey, you fucking Babo. Get out of here. Okay, Gringle Bungle. <laughs> that's you. All day long. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I had to put one in there. I know your style too much. <laughs> right, Monster Cheese. <laughs> Jim Bim Salabim. No, that's oh, re- shut up. It's, it's real. It's real. And it's what the gangsters, because they're a lot of times a bit stupid. Um, it's uh, It means mon- monster cheese, which is like a type of American cheese. Okay. So that's what monster cheese means. All right, next one. College cheese. Fuck's sake. Jim Bim Salabim. No, that's real. Oh, it's real as well. It's what they call cottage cheese. College, College cheese. Fuck's sake. All right, next one. Uh, some of these are expressions as well. So the next one is smelling roses from the underneath. <laughs> it's a bit poetic. That means to die. I'm going to say it's real. It isn't, but it's it was you. It was sort of a tricky one. I, mm. I, I, it's not, I didn't actually make it up. It's a real saying, but it's just... It's a uh, Hungarian saying for being for being dead. It sounds quite like that, doesn't it? Yeah, because yeah. it's like a mistranslation. One would kind smell of the roses from underneath. So next up, mercy room. Mercy room. That sounds horrible. Um, real. It is real. It means it's what they call the emergency room. 
<laughs> I know. I know. It's like it's so retarded. Oh god. <laughs> Go on. All right, Cavone. Caval. That's real. Yep. It's yeah. an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment to himself or others. It's actually Cavone, but Cavone is the slang term. You're being a Cavone. You, you goddamn Cavone. <laughs> uh, next one, a total potato. <laughs> Total potato. Total potato. Jim Bib Salabim. Yeah, that's yeah. not real. I just tried to make something as Italian sounding as I could. <laughs> that, that's like genuinely going to be racist. That's a joke that's not going to age well. No. <laughs> like soured milk. The final one is, the final one is bunch of crackers. Was that a bit of a racist slur? Uh, oh, you have to give your answer first. <laughs> Bib Jim Salabim. No, that's real. It means a thousand dollars. Oh right, bunch of crap. I thought it isn't cracker like a word for a white. I guess person. that is another slang word. It could just be a bunch of white guys hanging around outside. Hey, <laughs> hey, it's a bunch of crackers. What a thousand grand? No, no, no. It's just a bunch of white guys. <laughs> so well done. I don't know how much you scored, but uh, but good. I think you did good. Oh, nice. I think you did <laughs> nice, nice. You got a nice. Right, let's move on to an, a new segment. Well, the penguins have made it. And they're going up against the Golden Knights. The name game. We couldn't uh, come up with a better title. So working progress title there. Um, so the name game is, uh, these are all um, game titles from uh, games that I found on Drive-Thru RPG. And Harrison has to, uh, from the name only, try and figure out what this game is. Brilliant. Uh, let's start. Okay. And the first one is Band of Blades. I think Band of Blades is a game about... A uh, fantasy game about assassinating people. No. Oh. No, it's about a band uh, of music people that play scissors. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I genuinely thought that's a no. play the scissors. <laughs> uh, no, Band of Blades is a dark military fantasy where you play a army of legionaries, uh, legionnaires, legionnaires, legionaries. I don't know. Oh, whatever. That are uh, fighting against an army of the undead. It's pretty cool. That's a great idea. Yeah, sounds fun. You know what? Because the band of I did think it was going to be military for a second, but I just I don't know why I didn't say that. No, I'm, no, I'm a moron. You're a moron. Thanks. So that was, that was good. So that sounds fun. Uh, right, next one. Changeling, the Lost Second Edition. Oh, I know what this is. Um, because it was a White Wolf product, and it's about shapeshifters. No. What? No, someone else. What? Ah, this one is uh, you play a human who was abducted by the Fae. I guess I actually thought I knew what Changeling was, and I don't at all. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, that's embarrassing. I think you play a human who you've been abducted into a uh, abducted by the Fae, and you live in the Fairyland, and you're trying to get out of there. Do you not become a shapeshifter? Not that I'm aware of, no. But to be fair, I did just kind of browse over the... Right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to... Check it out. This. So check out Changeling, the lost second edition. Changeling. Human beings unknowingly coexist with legendary monsters. The changelings of the title are ordinary human beings who were kidnapped by the fan, taken as slaves into their world. The player characters are changelings who have managed to escape their otherworldly captors, struggle through the barrier. Wait, so maybe they try do to cope with the metamorphosis into... they have undergone. So... Oh, okay. So they do get changed in the fae. Yeah. And then they come back and have to try and live... Normal right. lives. No, normal lives. So they go over there and then they've got like a horn on their head. <laughs> and then you've got to try and do like a mundane office job. <laughs> Good. <clears throat> All right, cool. There you go. Right, next one. Electric sheep. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, hello. So I think this is a dystopian sci-fi setting. Yes, well done. A cyberpunk yes. shadow operative cyber nature sci-fi urban fantasy game. <laughs> That's a lot of lot of adjectives. Yeah, right, there you right. go. Got one. Well done. This one, <laughs> this one, this one's title. I like the title, but I don't know whether they just tried to make it a kind. Of, I don't, anyway, Menagerie of Exiles. Menagerie of Exiles. <laughs> 
Well, this this is going to be a fantasy horror game where people are exiled to uh, an island <laughs> in order to fend for themselves. But there's horrible monsters. Uh, close. Um, it's a Lamentation of the Flame Princess game where you travel with pirates to find treasure and fight fat fell beasts. Okay. What? Oh, because oh, they've been exiled because they're bad pirates. Because they're pirates. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Uh, right, next one, Arcadia. Oh, that's that's it. It's just called Arcadia. Yep. Okay. Judging by the title alone, right, I think it's a game where crimes are solved by jumping into arcade games. Rubbish. <laughs> uh, it's a and d 5th edition uh, inspired by the history of myths of ancient Greece. Well, that shows how much I was paying attention in history class. Yeah. So, there you go. Sorry, That's everyone. Uh, next, Age of Snakes. Wow. <laughs> That's a good one. I'm I'm gonna go with, and this is what it should be, right? It's like Mouse Guard, but you're you're all snakes in little little armor with little hands, and you wield swords. <laughs> Not too far off. Oh, right. It's an ICRPG uh, supplement, and uh, King Henrik has fallen. The sets of chain. Re- uh, this sets off a chain reaction of events across all of Athheim that gives rise to the Snake Men uh, once more, and giving power to Bast, the ruthless successor to the Snake God Mastermind set. Bast controls the minds of all Snake Men and uses them to topple one region after another. Sounds cracking. Does sound pretty. I'm good. up for that. Snake Men. Got one more. Ready? I'm ready. Beckett's Jihad Diary. Oh dear. Well, that's a name and a half. No, sorry. Let me re-say that. Let's cut that bit. Okay. Beckett's Jihad Diary. Okay, so it's not Jihad Diary. It's got a Y in it, not Oof. a Y. <laughs> wow. They must know that... Oh, God. I don't know. Beckett's Jihad Diary. Mm-hmm. What? That could be anything. Yeah. I think it is about a man called Beckett... Who is who accidentally misunderstood the Quran <laughs> and did something terrible, and now the world is trying to uh, fix it. Fix it. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Ah, oh, well, let's read it. So, <clears throat> it's ever been a loaded word among vampires. Jihad is in force everywhere, from lofty perfumed Elysium to cloying smoke-filled blood feasts. Jihad's the eternal game played by elders. Uh, Mephesalence and worse it's the agenda of being so utterly beyond humanity one such as yourself could scarcely understand its movements it's basically a a vampire masquerade game well uh, actually jihad is a thing I know it's spelt differently but jihad is a thing in in vampire that's it then yeah if you remember the um, ages and ages and ages ago there was that that video that Spoonie released where he'd done a jihad on a um, on a church on a lark (laughs) it says luckily for you you've picked up a copy of my diary with my help you may uh, you may just take a step on the first rung of understanding. So, yeah. So this Why did be... they call him Beckett, though? That's such a terrible Beckett's name diary. for a cool-ass yeah, no, vampire. No idea. But anyway, that was a cool segment. There you go. I, I want to play that Age of Snake Man. Yeah, so do I. That was, Age uh, of Snakes. That sounds fun. And, uh, yeah, Electric Sheep sounds all right. So. It does. So that was a fun on. segment. Yeah, it was. We'll do that again. Do it again. Right, so next up, we're going to do some Electro Letters. Wait. In the future, you will be able to send a letter or parcel from anywhere on the planet this sir is the electro letter 
So um, this time on Electro Letters, we asked for because on our previous one we asked for the stupidest moves you've ever seen somebody do, and because we we're talking about the coolest game in the world, Wise mm-hmm. Guys, we asked for the coolest moves you've ever seen somebody do in an RPG. And the first one comes from Dem Drunk Blokes. Oh yeah, the boys. And he says uh, this this great podcast. They say. Uh, they were playing Whacked in the Wicket, and after Dickie Fulford was battered by an obnoxious polo player, Tarquin Poddlesworth, played by my missus, kills all the members of the polo club with a cricket bat to the war cry of, Nobody touches my Dickie! Yes! I love exploding dice. So obviously you did it like a miracle shot with a bat. And wiped polo- out a whole polo team. That's one of our um, twists in the game, Whacked in the Wicket, where a bunch of polo players turn up who are still bitter and angry for having their, uh, basically their um, clubhouse re- uh, repossessed by the cricket club. Yeah. So Yeah, that's a game that we write, actually. Uh, well, an adventure. Yeah. Um, and I, I always love hearing people who haven't played it. Oh, me too. Well, another one, uh, one that I wrote by myself, punted in the bond. Yes. I remember um, hearing, because th- this was actually a kind of gangster-ish tale, yeah, a yeah. gangster-adjacent tale, um, for Savage Worlds and I heard of somebody once playing it and adding a magic priest in there like he had spellcasting ability why Why not not? (laughs) yeah that's Um, awesome next one comes in from Sam Riviera he says a while ago a pal of mine playing a wizard in a hackmaster game I ran cast a cloud of fog spell on some lizard men then the next round cast shocking grasp on the fog bank the entire table was like oh so I let the lizard men get shocked by the spell there was a lot and it wasn't enough to kill them but it was just enough to soften them up so the fighters could take them down it was a cool combo and we still like to talk about it awesome that is fucking genius that is awesome that's a great yeah, great that's idea that's a really good move I love the fact that like as soon as the fog clears all the fighters just come in wading with their swords <laughs> and they're like oh thank god that's over <laughs> oh no <laughs> Chad Ward, he comes in with one. He says, I ran Herald, Lovecraft, and Tesla, the tabletop RPG, for a one-shot. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, it's for Seven Worlds, cool. I think. Yeah, I've seen that game. In the climactic scene, Eleanor Roosevelt laid down suppressive fire with a Thompson machine gun <laughs> while Robert did. E. Howard sprinted forward <laughs> the reanimated pharaoh to prevent him from releasing the Elder Gods. <laughs> Salvador Dali in an amazing support role he used his moustache wax to grease up his umbrella tossing it to Robert E. Howard so he could surf the length of the meatpacking plant while Harry Houdini threw him <laughs> threw him the idol he needed to stop the ritual moustache wax on an umbrella for a surfing role in a Chicago meatpacking plant is about the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen in an RPG that, that is fucking cool suddenly my interest in this game has gone yeah, make that up. into a film Edgar Allan Poe pops up and goes yo what's up yo what's <laughs> man i i wasn't that interested in that game and now, now i am like, <laughs> yeah, massively we'll check that out i love that robert e howard was oh, in the mix man that's so cool amazing uh <laughs> timothy e peer he comes in he says in a game of warhammer fantasy rpg second edition i was running a, for a friend of mine he spelled it friend right. yeah yes yeah, <laughs> for playing, a friend of mine a friend of mine was playing a halfling cook oh, after their first adventure they stopped in a tavern in marineburg called the pig witch's tit <laughs> it was a den of pirates mercenaries and people who just wanted a hot pork sandwich is that a euphemism yeah hell yeah (laughs) me and my wife done a hot pork sandwich the other day the owner was an ex-empire soldier who had adopted a female ogre as his daughter who's the cook of the pub being a friendly sort and the natural like the two species have for one another the halfling ended up with a 9 foot 600 pound admirer that could crush a man's skull with her hands (laughs) love is found in strange ways as the night progressed drinks were had and soon everyone was drunk even the troll slayer who had a titanic consume alcohol of 55% 
I don't recall the details of why the bar brawl broke out, but I do remember the shining moment where the halfling was riding in his love's apron pocket, <laughs> and with a mighty blow of his heirloom battle ladle, he castrated a man who was attempting to brain the party rat catcher with his peg leg. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to brain the party rat catcher. That's brilliant. That is awesome. I love the fact that he was riding around in, in the apron. Of the fucking massive monster. Yeah, that's wicked. <laughs> well, I can't, Richard Walcott came up with an amazing thing for Savage Worlds once that was like the min-max like broken build that you could do. <laughs> yeah. And it was something like, if because t- halfling's getting an extra Benny, luck you get an extra Benny, great luck you get an extra Benny, mm-hmm. then common bond you can give them to someone else. So he was saying uh, one of the best builds you can possibly do is to have a halfling with no legs and no arms that you carry around on your back and uh, just call him he's called Benny and he just, Benny dis- dispenser. He's, he just dispenses them for you <laughs> I don't know why that reminded me of you but it was just because he was carrying them on his back I think very good uh, Lewis Pineda comes in with one that is unbelievably long so just strap in yeah this was in a Savage Star Wars game last year when we were playing morally grey outlaws slash mercenaries. Yeah. The rebels were having us run missions that were putting us in danger of being captured by the Empire and then withholding payment. One player was a mechanical and electronic tech keeping our ship flying. At the beginning of the session, he asked the GM if he could make a repair roll to make a signal beacon. GM approves it without asking why. Player proceeds to roll multiple raises, then hands an index card face down to the GM and tells him he can turn it over later. Story starts out with the team being brought to the rebels to get our payment. We meet up with the colonel and his second in command. Colonel was respectful, but his XO was always rude to us, and so my character would backhand him upon greeting him with an opposed agility check. (laughs) So, we show up to get payment at the secret rebels base, and the XO meets us alone and tells us he's withholding payment again until we run a hijacking mission against the shipment of hyperdrive engines being transported by the Empire. Tech player asked the GM to turn over the index card he handed over earlier. It was a locator beacon with a signal that's used specifically for when a rebel base is discovered by Empire spies. (laughs) We got our payment, accepted the mission, watched as the rebels had to evacuate, and then accepted the mission after backhanding the XO again. (laughs) The beacon move... The beacon move was so smooth and so perfectly played. I don't think it could have been done any better. What a player! That's fucking awesome. I like the way he. Uh, I like the way he kind of uh, shook the GM by handing the card over and being like, "You can turn it over later." I bet the yeah. GM was like, "Oh fuck, what's he done?" <laughs> that is that is totally awesome. Very good. But yeah, I, I I love those types of moves. I've never seen one in one of my games, but it was like. What, a mega premeditated move. Yeah, when you just yeah. go, look, we're going to need this later. And obviously, because this guy was dicking him over so much and withholding payment, yeah. he, knew, he knew he was going to need it. That's it, exactly. But like, I've seen people do, do moves like that before, but I've never, like, never in a game that I've been in, and I'd love to be smart enough to do something. Now, like all that. we ever do is somehow manage to pick up the contact card every time in Savage Worlds, and then yeah. just constantly <laughs> yeah, use yeah. that to bring the same fucking character back every we, single we did, time. <laughs> we did once play a game, and I won't reference this guy by name, but we did once reference, uh, like, play a game where we knew the GM was cheating like every every week and and yes some people say GMs can't cheat but he was he was he was fudging in the most obvious way possible <laughs> doing things that aren't possible within yeah, the game yeah. and um, yeah things like this and it was funny because there was a point where his guy tried to run away and I said hang on shouldn't we be in initiative if combat started like we, we've hit him and he's trying to leg it like shouldn't we be in initiative he goes yep fine and I just put on my uh, on a little index card I put that, that his character was going to go first <laughs> yeah. and I I rolled initiative and I'm like 25 and he's like uh, and and then he goes okay my guy's going first and I'm like, like what, what? <laughs> yeah yeah and I, I, sh- I just showed him to Nick I showed him this little index card just saying uh, you know insert name here will go first and, and then <laughs> believe it or not they what did happened? Yeah. still one that's funny as hell 
So the only what was what, what the coolest moves you've seen in an RPG? Oh god, there's been a few. Um, I remember one in particular that uh, during Solomon Kane that I found pretty funny um, was there was one where. Uh, Ryan, one of our characters, he his, he fought with a hook on a chain. That oh, was that was his whole yeah. thing. And we were in this in this like really quite big house. And he, he stabbed it through a guy, and he wanted to swing the guy on the end of his chain to try and hit people with it like a giant thing. And I, I was like, look, you that's crazy, but you're gonna need at least like two razors. Oh, that was to... the man kebab, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the man kebab. <laughs> and he got like two razors. And his weapon, the way it worked, is uh, if he got a raise, he could either do the bonus damage or somebody gets hooked on. Yeah. So he got razors off. The raises after raises on his strength roll was swinging him around his head and oh then he had to do his God. attack rolls and he got raises and raises and he's like right another one gets pierced on the end yeah, and he yeah. just ended up with this giant kebab of people and it ended up being like an, a giant improved weapon didn't yeah, it? Was, improvised weapon yeah it? We, we had to make a new rule for giant improvised weapon <laughs> it was it was insane Can't there was remember. one um, the, another one I wanted to share was one uh, I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast before but during my Tough Guys game you know the expansion for Wise Guys mm. it was really funny because this one guy was playing the football hooligan and he was really really tough and really good at fighting that's what he does yeah and uh, they're on the top of this like warehouse we're on the top of a building adjacent to the warehouse like scoping out the courtyard in the warehouse and the football hooligan says right I'm going to frog splash onto that bloke down there and he he jumps off the roof misses entirely but he gets up um, and it takes no damage because of his toughness I rolled damage and it was just like one 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 for the damage (laughs) so then then we draw initiative and it's his turn straight away so he he frog splashes onto the floor of like 20 foot uh, like 40 foot fucking building (laughs) survives it gets up and then clotheslines a bloke's oh. head off and then because I, I literally said because he did so well on the damage I said narrate the kill and he went I clothesline his fucking head off and I'm like sick and then he goes I go right uh, uh, the whole round happens and then his turn comes up again and he goes um, okay I'm going to pick up that dead body I'm going to smack the other guy with it and he does kills the other guy in one hit with oh mate and I was like okay narrate the kill and he's like I smack him in half <laughs> and oh, I was like we, I smack right. him in half oh actually one spring to mind it's, it, well it's a bit it's my own character which is a bit lame but do you remember when uh, Roland played Russian Roulette with the devil and won that was pretty and good. it was the most mental rolling ever because I had a was, 1 in 5 chance of getting it and I did it was during this Planescape sub campaign yeah. yeah and it was like we we played Russian Roulette and I literally wrote down a number on a piece of paper as to which chamber had the bullet in yeah. it and then we rolled dice and it was this it wasn't a um uh, the the devil, but it was kind of like a devil, yeah. and it was Sharon from uh, from Pathfinder, that one of the it. gods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically, this this guy, he he will he he's he's a god, but he he loves a challenge. Yes, it. Yeah. And so when Ronan cha- challenged him to Russian roulette and won, it was epic. We were rolling <sighs> dice, and Mate. the tension was crazy. It was just me, wasn't it? And then everybody else was just sat around, and I was just rolling. It was at my house. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. And we just erupted, man. I can't believe. It. I think we filmed it actually. Yeah. yeah. No, Ryan filmed it, and there's there's a bit where one of our players at the table he he says Nick saved us, right? That was the thing, because <laughs> Roland basically came up, and Roland came up Nick's character, and he was like, "Look, I'll play you at Russian roulette, and if we win, you reverse everything that's happened in yeah, his previous yeah. chambers." Yeah. And he did it. Fucking but anyway, at it. the end, our, our, uh, when we recorded that video. N- Ryan is so thrilled. He goes, Nick saved us! <laughs> and when, we, when you play it back, it's like, it's the most like, cringeworthy pansy thing you've, thing ever, you've seen. ever seen yeah. in your life. Yeah. Oh, and he is like, he looked so lame at that moment. But happy, bless him. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it, was a, it was a great moment, man. It was, it was a great moment. That, awesome. that was probably one of my favourite personal moves. Yeah, um, yeah. That was but awesome. there's loads, man. I mean, another one for me was the whole fight scene with the vampires on top of the uh, the wagons. I thought that was incredible. That was great, man. Yeah. A lot, a lot of badass moves got across. And people getting knocked off it's more of a cool scene rather than but but 
like a lot of people did do cool moves. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's um, a 4E adventure that I adapted to Savage Worlds called Dusk that's really, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, a bit dated because it was it is about literally about Twilight. Twilight. Movie. No, but it's cracking though. It's like a, yeah, it's like a bunch of um, vampires that are. Uh doing a production it's, check yeah, it out it's, well, it, it's just basically Twilight happens yeah. uh, but, Twilight. It's a, but it's a play yeah. and it turns out that some of the vampires in the production are real vampires, real vampires. <laughs> yeah. it's very good it's, it's great okay so that's it for Electro Letters thank you very much for sending your bloody letters in they we were awesome yeah. we love them uh, there was one in there that was a little bit too long so we had to cut out uh, you know who you are Soz shorten them um, but also Soz I like how um the caliber of our kind of questions and 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 letters have has 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 got better over the years. It's, it's gone way up. Do you remember back in the days? I think some of our first questions were like so stupid. Well, <laughs> it was when we because I, I like like asking these questions and and hearing the listeners like really cool perspective on things and their awesome stories and things like this. Yeah, and that's what I like doing. But back in the day, we'd be like, ask send, us something. Send a, yeah, ask us something. Send us your questions. And always be like, what's your favorite sandwich? Do you like poo? Do you, yeah, it was always things <laughs> like that. And it was like it was like now now the the, the good listeners are sending the message in, but yeah. the bad ones. The bat, you know you are. You know you are. <laughs> Don't do it again. <laughs> right, that's it for. Um, let's let's do an outro. Let's, well, let's do contact details. Interesting. The penguins have outflanked the golden knight. They're uh, pushing in with a rear attack. He is now caught both sides. Classic pincer maneuver, just the way the World War Two soldiers were done in. So, hello everyone. Hello. We're here in the contact details department. Department. <laughs> and we got some for you. Let me just, just. Can we just get a double crunch on that? Yep. Give me a minute here. Oh, let's... do you remember Podbot? Oh god! I, beep, boop, beep, boop. That was so stupid back when this podcast started, and we used to have all these characters coming in all the time, <laughs> like the Patreon Highwayman knocking on the door. Podbot, Podbot was so bad. Podbot was bad. Adam, oh my god, it was all terrible. Adam Rickman. Yeah. Anyway, um, Podbot. Here's sake. the contact details: three T R P G Pod at gmail dot com, yeah. and uh, we're on the social media, aren't we, Podbot? <laughs> so go on any social media we're, we're there. on there search us you'll find us but if you want to chuck us a buck and Ooh. donate to our Patreon please do please and also do. don't forget to share the show with a mate we yeah. don't we don't pay for any expensive, expensive marketing despite you know how what you might think yeah so uh, yeah, yeah get out there share it with a mate spread the good word post it in the comments section of porn videos please do uh, well, that's that's oh my god have you seen that uh, comments on uh, on, on reddit no, yeah of uh, what, what's, the, what's the like I don't know what's it called the, the, Pornhub yes. Pornhub comments <laughs> so yeah, bad it's, it's really weird like it's really weird like some people will be like uh, like talking about their day or, or one of them was like I laughed so hard I couldn't nap <laughs> so bad oh I love those it's disgusting man. but um, yeah and if you've got any recommendations thing you'd like to see we're always you know feedback absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's it for another episode I've been Harrison Hunt I've been Nick Lamb Slicey and remember that D20s are cool mm. but 20Ds that's a good time ah. see you later everyone bye Podbot say bye <laughs> <laughs> so shit so bad <laughs>